So welcome, this is Naked Comedy, and today we are airing special edition from our guest's home, Tignataro. How are you today? I am great. <laughs> Thanks for coming to my home. It's a lovely day. It's kind of cloudy outside, but kind of warm. Yeah. And it's just a relaxing day, just a fun, cool thing to That's do. That's why I'm lying in bed. Yes. I feel very relaxed. Naked Comedy, we like our guests to just feel normal yeah feel chill. I don't feel normal but no. I, I'm relaxing <laughs> trying to relax maybe yeah. by the end it'll be more normal maybe by the end I'll be asleep and you can just tiptoe out <laughs> just never like it never happened it yeah. never happened like a bad bad night's decision anyway <laughs> so um you've been doing a lot of stand-up lately well in general but I feel like I've seen you more around the scene lately are you getting more into the stand-up or tell us about that tell us about doing your live stand-up. That's bizarre that you feel like you've seen me around more. I feel like I've pulled back. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't. Where do you usually perform? Well, I have a monthly show at Largo at the Coronet Theater. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, uh, I probably do one or two shows a month at the Hollywood Improv. Mm -hmm. And probably a show or two a month at the UCB Theater. Those are my main... Uh, places I perform. Maybe it's because I recently saw you at UCB, yeah. and then that's why it like stuck in my head. But I mean, I tour. I go on tour. Yeah. And I've been doing stand up um, a little over ten years. Very interesting. And How did you? I know that you started out in music and then moved to stand up. Like, uh -huh. how did that switch happen? Well, um, I stopped doing that and started <laughs> doing this. <laughs> Um, I had always wanted to do it, and um, I started going to open mics, and then just kind of seeing people at open mics made me realize that I shouldn't be that scared to try. <laughs> Anybody can try it. It's yeah. a free form. But didn't you miss, like, isn't it like a romantic lifestyle of a musician? Like, Well, I was a musician, but then I also worked in music business. I wasn't, like, making a living as a musician. Oh. Um, I just, I play guitar and drums, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if that's romantic. Do you find that romantic? I don't know. I always, I've, I barely play bass, so maybe it's just my image of art, like, musicians. It's just like, oh, music and starlight and awesomeness. And comedy, that's not romantic. Comedy, there's a lot of booze. There's can... booze in music? There Come is. On, there's, what about Slash and Keith Richards? And... That's true. Rock, m music's more like drugs, though, and drugs seem romantic. Booze seems, like, smelly. But in Wait, a good drugs way. seem romantic? In a way, like some drugs. Like, not, not like, the bad ones. But Wait, like... if, I, if you're, like, in a romantic situation, <laughs> you're going to, like, crack open a bottle of wine. You're not going to be, like, putting out lines of coke. Maybe that just defines what kind of... No, not really. Yeah, that's an insight with you. <laughs> that's something that probably shouldn't air. No. You're thinking of, like, <laughs> Sid and Nancy, the romantic, like, heroin junkies... Kind of, yeah. ...falling around, stabbing each other. Yeah, there's a lot now of those that you, stories. Now that I think about it, it is more romantic to yeah. be a rocker and heroin addict and murderer. <laughs> I think it's just more that the, the drug and rock and roll kind of side of comedy that I've seen has never been, like... It's been just, like, kind of bad, you know? Like, like people who... Yeah, it's probably a bad topic to get onto. I feel like it's just going to go spiraling downwards and just horrible, horrible, horrible Well, stuff. so should, should we just end this and you leave? I, I don't know. I mean, 
Yeah, you should Maybe. probably leave. It's probably just there's nothing else to talk about. I mean, like, what else have you done? Really? Like, we already we already discussed it. Yeah, <laughs> I got out of music, and got into comedy, and um, so you got it on tape. You all know? right, it's all there is to talk about. Oh, there was one thing. The um, have your ticket, your party. I still have to get that. Wait a minute, it's not have your it. ticket, your party. Have tig at your party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I have trouble but reading. But I'm open to it being called Have Your Tig at Your Party. Specialized edition. Yeah. Special things. But, like, tell people about that. I um, I well, tried to look at, like, get it online, but it won't go anywhere. Yeah. That's kind of how it is, just in general. Because <laughs> um, it's been this mysterious project that's been in the works for a few years. And <laughs> now, um, I... I just left my old management company mm. and am about to go with a new management company that has a really great idea for releasing this DVD. Oh, cool. But basically what it is, is um, it's me standing still for an hour. <laughs> and um, I only say, it's kind of like the burning log that yeah. people buy and put on their TV, but it's me um, <laughs> just standing there. And uh, I only say a couple of things over the hour. But it's like quips that would go in a party atmosphere kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But really minimal. Like yeah. There's long stretches of time where I don't say anything. <laughs> it's 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 to capture the awkwardness of if I really was at a stranger's party. Like whoever's <laughs> buying this that I don't know, what I'm acting like on the DVD would be similar to if I was really there. Like if you showed up, yeah. And just were like what up? Yeah, and the idea came from I was touring all the time, and. Um, I was always missing parties, mm -hmm. and I was in my hotel room one time on the road, and um, this girl Chelsea had like a year, a yearly party, um, and uh, I remember just being like, "Oh, it'd be funny if I filled myself, or <laughs> filmed myself in my hotel room and just mailed it to her," and and, uh, and then I just decided to make it my DVD that is always about to come out. There's a balloon floating away. Do you see it? That black balloon over to the right more? Do you see it like slowly floating away? Wait. It's probably gone. I always That's tried to do a joke about balloons um, that never works. And it's how like if you just threw a deflated balloon on the floor, people would think you were littering. <laughs> but if like a little child just let go of a balloon, it's really cute. <laughs> and that's actually like delayed because it's gonna pop eventually and just it's, it's plummet delayed to the litter. Air. have it, you ever seen one plummet no i would love i would love to be walking down the street in a balloon just it was really sad um when i was younger i was like a camp counselor and i don't know why the kids had balloons but they had balloons and we were at a park um at a beach in san diego and the guys that were like kind of next to our camp they were playing frisbee and they hit a beehive and like the beehive burst and like we all start running away and these kids like throw their balloons up and like by the time we stop and turn around the hive is kind of like moving into the air and like i guess one of them ran into the one of the balloons that was floating up because we just saw one like heard a snap and just like wow and it was it was so sad like we had to just like we had to distract the kids because they're like you know five or six and we'd like like even for us it's kind of like whoa yeah kind of creepy but it's it's a little depressing yeah well i would it's so much easier to see a balloon float away but it would be amazing to just be walking down the street and a balloon be landing you know like just that would be on. a magical day that'd be kind of like a good luck charm if that were to happen yeah it's like seeing a little leprechaun or something yeah 
But uh, that's TIG at your party. <laughs> Have your TIG at your party. But, uh, but like, the only thing that's kind of weird about that is, like, didn't you do the tour where you kind of, like, went to random people's houses and stuff? It's totally unrelated. Totally unrelated? Yeah, this is just a DVD, and then with that... Um, there's an infomercial mm-hmm. that Sarah Silverman is hosting and mm-hmm. she's like, you know, um, how many times have you had a party in which Tig was there? <laughs> well, now you can, you know, and then yeah. it's, it, we shot it in this studio with like a live audience full of like <laughs> comics and, That's cool. and comedic actors and, and everybody's asking hilarious questions. Like if I have Tig at my party, what's the cleanup like? <laughs> and uh, and then they just keep referring back to uh, me standing still. <clears throat> but I did, um, and still do. Um, it's a it's a house concert tour mm-hmm. that I do. It's called the Crackpot Comedy House Concert Tour. Yeah. And uh, and it's where um, I just go directly to the houses of my fan base. Like they just kind of they sign up for it. And yeah. Then- yeah, I certainly don't just surprise them with it. Like, what's the criteria for a good fan house for, like, for the show? Somebody that, I don't care what, I don't care if it's in a shack. I mean, <laughs> we've done shows on rooftops, basements, driveways, living rooms, uh, garages, um, wow. anything is fine. We just uh, need the people to promote the show to their friends you know just to get people to come yeah and get people to come and then um you know it's just nice if people like treat it like a real party and have like drinks and herbs <laughs> and and uh and then we take a suggested donation of like twenty dollars <laughs> at the door oh that's cool and then um but yeah it doesn't need to be like some amazing situation like it's not there's not like a size chart that's what i was wondering like if what if you had like a tiny house like Totally fine. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've performed in a kitchen once. While, <laughs> like, the living room was connected. Like, there was a bar. It went the kitchen with, like, a bar mm-hmm. where people would sit at stools. And then over that was the living room. Oh. So I performed in the kitchen, and then the people sat in the living room. <laughs> and uh, it's always workable. And we have a, a MySpace page. Uh, it's myspace.com slash tour, And it tells you exactly the amount of room we need in order to show up <laughs> and everything that needs to be done to have us oh very at, cool so they just like set it up and then and then they we offer show their services a half hour before the show starts very cool so i are you guys going to be doing it again anytime soon i think wasn't the last one like 2007 or so yeah i guess at the end of 2007 we went with steve ag and oh. from the sarah silverman program <laughs> and um and uh, my friend Martha Kelly um, started it with me, but she just moved to Austin um, oh. to uh, do more stand-up, um, oh. kind of away from L.A. to develop her stuff, to come back. Um, but right now, um, we're kind of trying to wait until we can film it as a DVD feature or TV show. Oh, okay. And uh, the guy, Wayne McClammy, that did... Um, that uh, fucking Matt Damon video. He directed it. <laughs> yeah. He uh, wants to direct this. Oh, very and, cool. Um, but he, after doing fucking Matt Damon, he got really popular and is doing three features and a pilot. Oh, wow. And um, 
So I'm kind of waiting to see what his schedule's like after he finishes this pilot. I didn't know you could get my like YouTube fame like that. I guess that's true though. Oh yeah, I mean that video I think got over thirty million vi- <coughs> thirty million views. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a really popular video, but I never thought of like the people who made it like actually. Wow, I don't know. I never thought about that, but maybe it's because I'm not like in LA. Maybe it's a mindset that I don't have yet. Yeah. Like, but that's really cool though. Yeah. But um, let's see what else do I have. Oh, I was gonna ask you about um. So I saw you were on Last Comic Standing a few years ago, like not uh-huh. 2004, 2006, some, something like that. Something like something like that around um, that time. But like, what did you think of the experience of being on there? Like, did it really did it boost your career? Did it was it something that like you really enjoyed? Like, how was that? Well, I did Last Comic Standing, and then I moved into a mansion. <laughs> where we are now. Yeah, where we are right now. This is the mansion that I moved right into. I took a limousine right to this mansion. <laughs> And, um, no, I, you know, I noticed a difference in my career, um, and it surprises me. I certainly, it wasn't, like, (laughs) life-changing difference in my career, but I definitely noticed where people would recognize me from the show, which surprised me, because in my head, I didn't think of it, like, I don't even use it as a credit. I forget that I did it. I, you know what I mean? I was in Santa Barbara doing a college, and I was eating lunch and this guy was like you're tig from last comic standing and i was like i was on like three episodes like how do you remember me from that but i guess people follow the show i guess i don't know i tried watching a few like i tried watching it back in the day and what's weird is like i i didn't really like i i think i caught it like near the end of one of the seasons Mm -hmm. and like just some of the comics that were on there i was just it wasn't really my taste but then i'm finding out that a lot of these comics i did like like were in it but they all kind of got cut like near the beginning and like it's very strange um actually the first comic that i was ever going to interview that i actually didn't interview it didn't work out was going to be um dat fan and uh-huh. he was like the first winner uh-huh. of um, last comic standing and like i don't know he's a really nice guy but like i don't know like it's just not who I would choose of all the people that I've now found out were on the show like I don't see how he won you know what I mean like like it's I don't know it's not a comedy competition yeah that's what you have to remove from your head oh and I mean they make it out to be yeah but it's not it's not at all there's so many other factors that are going into whatever and and to in my head I just looked at it like uh as far as I got in the competition um it didn't matter to me that I was cut because I was already on NBC at yeah. prime time. Yeah. So millions of people were seeing me. Yeah. And it's almost the equivalent to doing um, the Tonight Show now. Yeah. When you get to the semifinal round, which is what I got to. And, you know, you're on TV for three or four minutes on NBC at prime time. So doing your stand-up then is you might as well be doing the tonight show (laughs) or letterman you know what i mean yeah for the exposure you're getting for what you're doing and um so that's all i looked at it was like okay so it wasn't really like a matter of winning or anything it's just like you're there i didn't want to (laughs) win i knew what that show was like i knew getting to the semi-final round is is kind of the most ideal situation Mm -hmm. Uh, because once it moves on from there it becomes kind of a freak show yeah and um i didn't 
I guess I was signed up for the possibility of being added into the freak show, <laughs> but I was glad that I did not move into the freak show. Yeah. And I feel like it's given me more of an ability to go in a more respectable direction. Yeah. You know? But so, was it since then? Was it after that you were on, you were on, um, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live recently or? Before. Before that, before that. So like, how is it? Is it different, or is it like like being on a being on a late night show, doing the the few minutes of stand up versus being on that that like stand up competition, quote unquote? Not really. Like, what's the difference of it? You know. I, I think mean? I think I got more exposure on Last Comic Standing than on Jimmy Kimmel, but Jimmy Kimmel's more respectable. Yeah. And it's just it's just a more it's just another you know place to do stand up. Yeah. I. I'd never do Last Comic Standing again, you know what I mean? But for whatever year it was, I guess 04 or... 04 or 06, I can't remember. Yeah. It was one of those two. Yeah, I don't know. But for that time in my career, that was fine. I, you know, I would certainly do Jimmy Kimmel again. (laughs) So do you have a preference of places to perform? Like, you've performed in a lot of different... Especially, you know, for most comics, kind of different places like houses and colleges and like on TV. Like, do you have a preference or is it all kind of... Well, I'd always love to be on TV. (laughs) That would be my number one preference. Um, I love theaters and I love living rooms. (laughs) Really, though. Like, there's something so amazing about going directly to the fan's house Mm -hmm. because they have your sensibility because they like you yeah and then chances are their friends are going to be into it because they your friends all kind of have a similar sensibility Mm -hmm. so you're kind of hitting your target demographic there um but then like with theaters it's so much fun to walk on (laughs) stage and you can't see anything but the first (laughs) row and then it's silent and just you tell a joke, and then whether it's 500 people or 3,000 people <laughs> laughing, it's startling because you can't see them. That's so cool. It's so much fun. So, yeah, uh, living rooms, television, and theaters, those are my favorites. But so for TV, um, I, I have to talk about it because I've been avoiding it as long as I could. But so you being on the Sarah Silverman show, you're like kind of an actor, but kind of also playing yourself. Mm-hmm. Like... How is that? How is that? Because it seems a lot of the people that are on the show, are, you know, are all kind of friends. Like everybody, she doesn't just ask like anybody to do something. Mm-hmm. So how was that? How was doing the episode? And like since then, you've been on a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, how was doing the show? Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> like I have zero acting experience, and I'm sure it shows. But I remember, like I was always panicked about like oh gosh how do I say these lines what do I do and I remember Sarah like the most helpful thing she said to me she just was like um you're fired no no she said um she said Tig you are you're Tig that happens to be a cop you know what I mean you're not you're not a cop yeah you yourself yeah. in a cop suit. Yeah, so I was just thinking, oh, I'm, it's me with a holster on, you know? <laughs> and so after, because when I would see the lines, I'd go, oh, God, how would a cop say this? Mm. But then, you know, I remember there was some line in the season premiere this year, this season, uh, when I had to say something 
the line was like, uh, that was quite the citizen's arrest. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, when I first delivered that line, I was like, I said it all tough like a cop, you know, like, <laughs> that was quite the citizen's arrest. <laughs> and then after we did another take, Sarah, like, tapped me, and she was like, just say it like you, like how you would say it. And so I was like, then I was like, oh, right. And so I just kind of <laughs> smirked that at her, and I was like, that was quite, you know, said it more casually. And, yeah. and um, I would never talk to her like, those quite the citizens arrest, you know, that's not it's at all. official and just Yeah, like, like that's our friendship in general. Yeah. Like, hi, Sarah, I'm glad you came over to the house. <laughs> Sit down, I have some coffee brewing. Um, but no, so uh, it, it's amazing. And everybody, it's, I, I've been spoiled because I know that all TV shows aren't run like Sarah's show. Yeah. And everybody, she hires, <laughs> all of her friends are writers, they're producers mm. their actors so she has like the base to get it from yeah and she just has utilized it <laughs> and so you're in just this really nurturing fun situation and um and my big wake-up call to how good I've had it was there's this last night she was over Sarah was over and we were writing together mm. well trying to but it turned out to be eight hours of nonsense <laughs> um but um, I just got a part on this new ABC show mm. with um, Cheryl Hines and oh, Megan cool. Mullally. And um, I play Cheryl's co-worker. Mm. And um, I'm an executive at an architectural firm. Mm. And the wardrobe lady called to get my measurements. And mm. I didn't know what size pants I wear. <laughs> I didn't know my shirt size, bra, shoe. I, was, I think I knew my shoe was an eight or something. But uh, the woman yelled at me on the phone, and she was like, "How how do you want to be an actor, and you don't know your sh- your sizes, and you can't?" Do-? And I was just, I, I, I the whole time I was, she was like, well, "What size shirt do you?" And I go, "I don't, Sarah. What do I? What size shirt?" What? And Sarah was in a panic, like looking at my shirt, and my pants, and she was like, "I don't know. Tell her you don't wear a bra. I, I don't know. I, they, you know, it's I was, just, I don't know." And like the woman was like, "Oh, I set up a fitting for you. That you're gonna be in a suit. You don't." And I hung up the phone. I was like, oh, my God, that was crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, that was, Sarah was like, yeah. She goes, when you did my show, it was just, all right, you think you're this or that. And then their wardrobe, like, grabbed a couple of different sizes for a cop uniform. Yeah. I understand for a suit, it's a little different. And I can't go in, like, all ill-fitted weird, you know. But, um it just was a wake-up call <laughs> because no one's yelled at me yeah, on the other show. Because it's so weird. Like, one thing that I really do like about Sarah's show is... And I've seen a lot of the comics that she has on there live. Like, they really are just playing themselves. Like, yeah. Dave, you know, um, Steve and Brian. Like, that's Steve and Brian. Like, yeah. that's them. And it's like... They're totally gay. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like... It's a very authentic kind of thing. And I know that sometimes then later, like, when you see actors in TV shows, like... um. Like, what was her name? The woman who played Renisha from Reno 911. Uh-huh. She had that show on Fox a little while ago. Uh-huh. And it was just kind of strange because coming from that kind of show, like, I saw her then in this other show, and it was just, like, it was totally different. And I just always wondered, like, for a comedian, how is that going from kind of doing your own thing, relying on yourself, writing your stuff, to being an actor? Because it's not the same thing. Like, you're performing, but it's, it's not. It's totally not the same thing. <laughs> it's bizarre how it's not the same thing. Yeah. I, I, and 
me having no experience other <laughs> than just doing her show and mm. Sarah's show, which I think I have like six or seven episodes that I've done. So it's been a great experience and I've, I've, I have some work mm. that I've done. Yeah. But um, it's still new to me to have a camera come swooping into my face and have <laughs> to like say lines that I didn't authentically come up with. Yeah. And, um, and so the new management company that I think I'm going to be working with, that was the first thing they said was like, you know, look, you're getting this work and that's great, but it's based on your stand up and your friends getting you like, you know, Cheryl's who got me on this ABC show. Mm. And so this new manager was like, you can't rely on that luck forever. You know, she's like, you should probably go and learn how to just, have a little more confidence and experience with this and because I, I go into panic mode when I get lines I'm like oh god oh my god well how do I say this what do yeah. I what what is my oh yeah you know <laughs> and um but chances are I'm not going to get anything that's too far off from my personality like I think it's weird though because like and granted, I'm not an agent. I don't live in Hollywood. Wait, you're not an agent? I, you know, not yet. Oh. It's, in the, it's in the works. But. I thought that you were here to sign me. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all right. But, like, it seems that a lot of the stuff that is getting more... The newer stuff that's coming out, comedy-wise, is being based off, like, people working with their friends. Like, yeah. like, it's, like Tim and Eric's show is all of them working with their friends. Sarah yeah. Silverman's all of them working with their friends. Reno 911 is all of them working with their friends. And those are all really big, popular shows right now yeah and so in a way and i don't mean to diss your management like i don't think that the gravy train on that has like necessarily stopped like i'm sure that there's more to come at like whenever sarah shows over there's probably there you guys aren't going to just stop like there's more well no i mean hopefully my career isn't going to end <laughs> when sarah's show ends i mean um and you know hopefully this um show with cheryl will be a, a good fun thing but um you know I, I get I yeah absolutely I don't want to become some you know classically trained actor <laughs> that heads off to Broadway and takes myself seriously but <laughs> I I think there is some truth to like having some training to where I'm not in this panic mode when I get lines yeah that's true you like, know some just sort a, of some, some sort of something help. yeah <laughs> some I, sort of something something helps I know that I think that's the only reason, like, I, when I was in high school, I took theater, and so the only thing that I got from that was now when I come and meet people for the first time, like, hey, what's up? And, uh-huh. like, it does kind of, like, it ins- it gives you some sort of boost uh-huh. that you didn't have, even if it's not actual acting talent. Yeah, yeah. You get a boost. and Yeah, you learn how to say, hey, what's up? Yeah. And yeah. That, that'll open doors. And by the way, I would like to do another take of your, hey, what's up? Okay. Take two. Hey, what's up? What's up? I'm Sam. Mm. No. One more. Hey, right, take three. Hey, what's up? Like it. I okay. like it. There's a little bit of training needed, but yeah. I mean, it's all cool. It's all cool. Oh, I also was wondering, since you are a guitarist, have you like have you ever thought of doing um no. guitar comedy kind of stuff? No. 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 Mm-mm. Why not? Um <laughs> We're getting into the deep questions now. I just, it doesn't, I mean, I've played music with comedian friends of mine, like uh, Kyle Dunnigan, do you know him? Yeah. Um, he's my writing partner, and he and I have had a lot of fun. 
this guy Kevin Burnson. Mm-hmm. He's like a groundling guy, and mm-hmm. Kevin and Kyle and um, Michaela Watkins, who just got on SNL. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, this girl Nicole Payone. We've all like gotten together, and Peter Sprite, another really funny comedic actor, stand up. We've gotten together and had fun, just like performing together in a funny way like we'll just say pick a genre and a and a name of a song and then we'll write like an old irish <laughs> song right then yeah um but not anything where i'd take it out in public yeah you know i, I always kind of wondered like how because there are a lot of like comedians who play instruments and stuff but only some of them like incorporate it into the act and like i don't know i just was kind of wondering like what makes you not is it because you're from like, like you started in music, so it's more like music is separate from comedy, or like just? I don't know because? if I really thought it out too much. I just <laughs> um, it doesn't really interest me, mm-hmm. you know. To, I mean, you know what? I don't know. Maybe I'll <laughs> rethink it. I'll put the band together. Put the seed into your head, and yeah. now we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the beauty of these. Like the interview happens, and then bam. And then, bam. That's what happens. Maybe um, you could be my agent since you're becoming an agent. And maybe I, I am in radio. I have. I can get you on the air. Perfect. The college air. The college air. The college cool. air radio. Um, and, oh, what's the... I guess the last question I have is, on your website it said you're writing a book. Oh. <laughs> um, well, I have very little done on that. <laughs> You caught me. I did. Um, but I, I was working on that a little bit last night mm. when we were writing. What kind of what kind of thing is it turning out to be? Just stories from um, from uh, growing up and and uh, just my childhood. Like a biography? No memoirs and memoirs. Yeah, uh, but um, I have maybe thirty pages. That's still a good amount. It's a good amount, but I have to structure it. I've talked to a friend of mine that um, that sold a book, um, and uh, she told me how to structure the proposal, and and um, I would love to finish it, um, but I haven't been organized about it. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like last night I just wrote this thing about when I was little and my mother went into the bank and left me in the car and I wandered off to a duck pond and <laughs> stole a duck egg and tried to hatch it and raise it. And did it go bad? It did not go good. Oh. Well, but what I just think it's cuz a book is a really impressive thing to take on. Like you know, I think um I'm going to semi quote like Pat Oswalt's blog about him doing a book like you can write a blog and just get it done, or you can write, like, stand-up and, like, go out and see the response right then, but a book is, like, a really big investment. Like, is there, like, why, what drove you to want to do a book? Because I would tell stories about, um, my friends always call me Huckleberry Tig, (laughs) like, from my childhood, because I was always up to something mischievous, Uh, you know? Yeah. I, uh... I I just any stories I would tell about my childhood. You were a rapscallion. Yes, but my my friend yeah my friends <laughs> just would basically say you should you should write something and so I sat down to write something and I really enjoyed doing it 
and uh, but I haven't stayed focused in a finishing way. Yeah. I think if I um, actually got the proposal together um, and got an advance of some sort, I could take it a little more seriously. Yeah. But um, uh, but yeah, it's definitely something I'd like to do in the next few years. At least you can say that you have a memoir and works sitting on your coffee table. Yes. Well, oh, you know, the not, giant coffee table. That's not like, a that's, coffee table. That's, yeah, that's, that's... It's a desk. That is a desk. Well, there must be a coffee table somewhere. And if not, you need I a coffee two. table. There are two, see? So you can split it up over two tables. Yeah. So anytime anybody walks But by, they're in different living rooms. Oh. You need to have it in this living room. This is my bedroom. Oh. This should have be a living room. Have you not been indoors before? I live in a pond, actually. I live underwater. I maybe stole your duck egg. Oh. Yeah. My baby. Sorry about that. Oh, it's okay. I adopted. I had otters. Oh, really? It worked out. Wow. It's, it's always good. You know, when you see them swimming away with their first clam, you know they've grown up. Yeah. It's beautiful. All right. Well, this is our interview with Tignataro. Thank you so much for inviting us into your mansion. Thanks for coming here. This is my last <laughs> comic standing mansion. It's the last comic standing mansion. Yeah. Keep that in mind, people. Thanks for interviewing.